You are listening to Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, with your host, Randy Sutton. Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement here on the America Out Loud Network. I'm your host, Randy Sutton, 34-year police veteran, founder of The Wounded Blue, author of A Cop's Life, and I'm going to... In the limited time that we have today, because we have such an incredible guest waiting for us in the interview room, I'm going to talk about something that is one of the darkest days for law enforcement in the state of Illinois, and unfortunately is a harbinger of things to come for police agencies all throughout America. This is a public safety announcement. Governor Pritzker Governor of Illinois just signed HB 3653, the quote, criminal justice reform bill, unquote. Nobody is surprised that he would sign this legislation, but there are multiple problems with this bill. Here are some, but not all. These are the low lights. One, officers will be mandated to wear body cams. This is something that I wholeheartedly support. However, the legislation also dictates that officers cannot view their body cam footage before writing a report. The equivalent to this would be having a professional sports referee, having instant replay available, get a call right, but being told he can't use it. The bill also creates a new crime, specifically citing that officers can be charged with a Class 3 felony if their reports do not match their body camera video. The entire intent of this bill is to make officers' jobs harder make their testimony harder, and allow more offenders to be found not guilty while putting officers in a compromising situation. How many of you feel an NFL referee should face jail time for getting the wrong call? Two, Class B and Class C misdemeanors will now be sight only and not arrestable offenses. So someone peeping in your window while you take a shower, here's a ticket, and the officers leave. Someone refusing to leave your property after being told to do so, here's a ticket. Officers leave. Someone making hundreds of obscene phone calls to you, giving you anxiety, terrorizing your life, here's a ticket. Removes the crime of obstructing a peace officer as a standalone offense. So if a police officer tells you to do something, a lawful order, you can now just say, uh, no, and do whatever it is that you want to do, and law enforcement cannot arrest you. It literally cuts police officers' authority to the knees. This means, just some examples, officers cannot control crime scenes if people want to walk through them, or order a husband to move from the doorway so officers can check on his wife after reports of her being battered. It allows for anonymous complaints against police and dictates that all complaints will remain a part of their permanent record, whether they were found guilty or not. So a person arrested who was found not guilty can then have that arrest taken off their record, but a cop can't have have a complaint taken off. This eliminates cash bail, specifically citing the presumption that all offenders will appear in court. This even applies to felonies and even serious felonies. It leaves a requirement for the state to prove, have to prove that an individual is dangerous to a specific person or group of people in order to be held without bond. Not just dangerous to society in general, which most career criminals are, it prohibits using non-lethal or less lethal weapons on an individual's back. Remember tasers? The device everyone always cites is the miracle tool for police being able to stop someone. 
A taser is a less lethal device. It is specifically designed to be fired into a person's back to prevent permanent injury or even death. If it fires, if it's fired at the front of a person, it can strike him in the eyes, neck, breasts, or groin. This portion effectively makes it illegal for officers to even use tasers. Why? Well, your guess is as good as mine. They're just a handful of things from the almost 800-page bill with many more laws of similar confusion in it. If some of these things sound odd to you, it's because they are. It's because no professionals in the field were included in the drafting of this bill. That's because it was written by people who have no idea of the realities of police work. This is what happens when laws are drafted by sensationalism and not real research and experience. And also when that law is snuck through the legislature at 4.30 in the morning when Illinois is asleep and its name is changed twice in order to shake citizens off from the following of its progress. Remember this bill the next time your senator or representative are up for election. Remember this bill when the crime sky rockets. Remember this bill when we have less qualified and competent people wanting to get into law enforcement and officers are retiring, resigning, or leaving the state. Remember this bill when you're a victim of a crime. And don't ask yourself, why didn't the police do more? Do you like coffee? Well, I'll bet you do. And I have got the coffee for you. It's called Law Dog Coffee, lawdogcoffee.com. It is, first of all, it's phenomenal coffee. Secondly, it goes to support um, a great organization, the Wounded Blue, which helps injured and disabled law enforcement officers. So this coffee is Costa Rican coffee. It is roasted in a family roasting company that has been in business for over 90 years. And I gotta tell you, it's delicious. Now, if, if, if I didn't believe that this coffee was so good, I, I couldn't get out up here and lie to you, okay? It, it, it really, truly is. And here's, here's the best part. It's so convenient, you, it, it, it's a subscription coffee. So you go online, lawdogcoffee.com. And you order a pound or two pounds, however much coffee you drink. They got some really cool different flavors, and uh, and it is it is amazing coffee. Go to LawDogCoffee.com, order yours now. I promise you, if you're a coffee drinker, you are going to love it, and the profits go to a good cause. So check it out, LawDogCoffee.com. Tastes so good, it ought to be illegal. I want to talk to you about online shopping for a moment. If you're like me, you're doing, you're letting your fingers do the walking through the internet pages, right? And some of the things that bother me is that the big players in the online shopping market really don't support the ideals that I do. I don't believe they're patriotic. I don't believe they could care less about values that I care about, like the law enforcement, the military, and, and, you know, honoring men and women who put their lives on the line. I don't think that a lot of the platforms do that, but there's a new one coming online in March. In March, it's called shoptotheright.com. Shoptotheright.com. And it's pretty damn cool idea. It is uh, all about having a shopping network 
that has all of the, the greatest deals. You can put your stuff on it if you're a business owner, but you can shop it because you know that, A, you're going to get the best deals, and secondly, you're going to be supporting a platform that supports America. I think that's important, and I'm really excited about what they are doing and what they have planned. It's actually launching March 15th, and it is going to be really uh, changing the way we shop. I think if you support the same values that I support, and that is believing in America, believing in patriotism, believing that our country is, in fact, an amazing place to live. So check it out, shoptotheright.com, shoptotheright.com, and I think you're going to want to support it. I know that I am. Check it out, shoptotheright.com. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. My fellow Americans, you've watched for decades as radical Marxists have systematically taken over some of our nation's most cherished institutions. And like us, we're pretty sure you're not happy about any of it. But this is the America we now find ourselves in. AmericaOutloud.com is fighting back with one of the fastest growing conservative media networks in the world, featuring some of the nation's most influential experts and commentators. It is a fight for the soul of humanity. America Out Loud Talk Radio is the voice of liberty and justice for all. I have a special guest with me in the interview room here at Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. His name is Mark Lamb. He is the sheriff of Pinal County in Arizona. He is an author. Uh, he's got the, uh, the book, American Sheriff. He's, uh, his wife has a book um, that, that corresponds with that. He is also a media personality and the creator of Protect America Now. We've got a lot to talk about. Sheriff, thank you so much for being on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate the opportunity to be on. So just for my audience um, edification, I met uh, the sheriff at a fundraising event uh, for uh, several law enforcement agencies and first responders down in Arizona. We had a fantastic conversation, and I knew that he is uh, he's a, a law enforcement officer, first, foremost, and someone who is truly dedicated to um, 
to bettering law enforcement as well as the community. So I, I was very impressed with uh, with you, Mark, and I. I'm really happy that, that we get a chance to talk about all the things you got going on and your your take on what's going on in law enforcement today. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I appreciate the kind words, and likewise, you know, when we met up at the golf tournament, uh, immediately I, I, you know, I was interested in. And communicating with you more. So I appreciate what you're doing for the good men and women who put on this badge every day. It's not an easy job. We need more voices out there standing up for them, um, congratulating them, thanking them for the work that they do and fighting for them. And so I just appreciate the opportunity to be on here today and talk to everybody. Let's talk about your law enforcement. I want the audience to get to know you a little bit. So let's talk about your law enforcement career. And then uh, we'll, we'll move into all the stuff that you got going on. Yeah, so I uh, actually never thought about being a cop. Uh, never really crossed my mind. You know, early on, young, I wanted to be military. Uh, that was during the early 90s. Not much was going on. So I ended up being a businessman. Uh, next thing you know, I was married, five kids, and uh, actually looked at it, the military again when I was about 30. Uh, couldn't make it work financially. A few more years passed by, and a neighbor asked me, hey, would you uh, be interested in doing a ride-along? And it was at Salt River, which is right next to Mesa, Tempe, and Scottsdale up in, uh, it's actually a Scottsdale address, and it's on an Indian reservation. So I went out there, and I'll tell you, that night, I was hooked. Uh, came home that morning, told my wife, hey, I'm going to be a cop, and immediately put in the application, got hired, went to the academy. So I was a little bit older when I became a cop, early 30s, and uh, honestly, that was to my benefit, I think, that uh, you know I was dedicated uh, I worked hard. I took as many shifts as I could get. Uh, my philosophy was if I could work two shifts to year one, then I'd be twice as good or at least have twice as more, twice as much experience in the same amount of time. So I just worked hard and uh, was fortunate to land on the gang and drug detective unit for a long time. Spent a lot of years there to uh, put some put a federal RICO case together. Uh, we did a lot of great work there. And then uh, be honest with you, I just saw a lack of real solid leadership in in law enforcement. I've had good leaders and I've had not so good leaders. And um, instead of crying about it and and just you know being that negative Nancy out there on the beat, I decided to make you know be part of the solution. So I made some changes in my career and changed my trajectory so that I can run for sheriff. We're going to talk about leadership because that is absolutely a critical a critical part of the discussion about what's happening in law enforcement today. So you ran for sheriff. So how long were you a police officer before you ran for sheriff? You know, I don't usually bring it up because a lot of people will, you know, they look at you different, but I'd been in law enforcement about 10 years when I ran for sheriff. So, I mean, I spent a lot of time doing gang and drug and believe it or not, I'd never been a sergeant or anything. Um, and I took some hits on that when I was running people saying, Oh, you're, you've never been in a leadership position. I said, look, Stripes on your shoulder don't make you a leader. Absolutely. Uh, leadership, leadership is is talents. It's it's your personality. It's you know I've led in many as- aspects of my life on uh, different parts and d- during different things I've done in my life. And so I was more than comfortable being able to step into a leadership role. And I thought that the experience I had from the business background, the law enforcement experience I had, um, really brought everything. Uh, to the right experience for the person that we needed at that time here in Pinal County. So I, I think the business background was probably more important than anything. And like you had mentioned right at the beginning of the show, 
I'm the cop's cop. And the reason why is because I came, I'm, I was doing the job when I became sheriff. So I know exactly what the guys on the street, how they feel, what they're going through. And, and I think that that has really benefited us as leaders to be able to, to understand that and try to create the best work environment for our guys. You know, it's funny you say that because I was having this discussion with some law enforcement uh, leaders not too long ago, and there was a, a, a disparity in the experience level of these, of these uh, men and women. In fact, some had not been actually working as a cop for decades before they, you know, since they're, since they, they got their leadership position. And there is a, there's a disconnect there. If, if you don't really understand the job and you don't understand the, the challenges that your men and women are facing, how can you really be an effective leader, an, an empathetic leader? Right. And look, we're in a, we're in a time and an age where things are changing so fast with phones and social media and all these different things. And it is changing the work that they're doing. If you've got an, if you've got a guy who's a chief, that chief probably hasn't done a patrol job for 20 years. Uh, and the last five to 10 years, this profession has changed substantially. So I, I just think it's important that you have people in a leadership position that understand that, that have been, at least it's fairly fresh in their career when they were on the road. Now County, Arizona. Talk about that, the, the county for a moment, if you will, because I know it's, it's huge in, in size and area. Yeah, so for those listeners out there, there's only 15 counties in Arizona, as big as the state is. So we all have very large land, land mass uh, counties. My county is the size of the state of Connecticut, 5,400 square miles. Um, we expect that we've been a population of about 470. We think that with the new census, we're probably going to be over 500 and uh, 500,000, of the which we're responsible for about half of that population, about 250, 260,000 people. Um, we have uh, 600 employees, 220 uh, deputies on the road, which we, we could use a heck of a lot more. Uh, we have about 160 jail uh, detention officers. Uh, we have a 1,500-bed jail, although we've done a really good job, along with the county attorney, of keeping our population levels down around the 500, 550 uh, mark. So a lot of work going on in this county. We have an uh, aviation unit. We've got anti-smuggling. You know, we work with the marshals. We've got uh, we've got search and rescue, which is a big part of our sheriff's offices out here in Arizona. We probably average close to 300 search and rescue calls a year. So, yeah, I mean, we, we stay very busy here in this county. You've been on the very popular show uh, regarding law enforcement. Uh, what's the name of it again? Live PD. Yes. Live PD. Live PD, which, of course, our cancel culture uh, put an end to that after the after all the the, the idiocy and, and irrationality regarding law enforcement. But you you became a figure that was very noticeable out in the law enforcement community. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about your book first of all. Let's let's talk about that. What okay. what uh, was your motivation to write that book and and what is what is it about you know i think everybody has a book in them i think that everybody's experiences in life and their talents and their gifts and everything that they bring to the table 
should be shared with people. You know, some books are going to do better than others, but I think that everybody, everybody's life story is going to touch somebody else's. Um, because we did live PD and we did 60 days in, and I'm a very outside the box guy thinking, of, I'm always looking at ways that we can improve the relationships with our community, improve our opportunities for hiring. So that's why we did a lot of these things. And so you get a lot of people that want to know more about your background. So I decided to write a book called American Sheriff, Traditional Values in the Modern World, where you get a little bit better insight into what my life has been like. But it's also uh, designed to give people hope, like, look, life's tough. It's going to kind of kick the crap out of you sometimes. And uh, but you can get through it like we do everything. Most of us have 100 uh, percent track record of success in going, getting through the problems that we have. And so really, it's just talking about the values that I think America has lost touch with and values that I think are important in my life. And then I hope to see, hopefully people can uh, take something from that and maybe instill some of those same values in their lives, or at least give them, give them confidence to continue with espousing those values and not let cancel culture affect how you feel. For sure. Yeah. That's, that's a tremendous idea. I, I, I love where you're going with that. And, and then talk about protect America. Now it's a, it's a new project. You just launched it. I know you were on Fox and friends earlier today talking about it. So if you would fill my audience in on the uh, protect America now. Yeah. I mean, Americans across this country are just frustrated. They're concerned with the direction of this country and I'm no different. And so there's a lot of other sheriffs that feel the same way. We are very concerned with what we are seeing as it relates to the rule of law. Uh, we're concerned with bad policies, executive orders, like what we're seeing with the immigration situation right now, which doesn't just affect the Arizona or the Southwest. This affects everybody across this country. And we've seen a, a major erosion in our constitutional rights. And these are all things that concern me. Now we've got bills out there that it will significantly impact our second amendment. Um, and I think they're just going to keep chipping away at the constitution. So uh, they've kind of like any wolf attacks a pack of sheep. They'll try to, you know, they'll try to separate one or two sheep out from the pack. Uh, and so what they've done that to all of us in law enforcement across this country. So the only way that we can stand against these things is just to stand united and have sheriffs that are like-minded who love freedom, who love America, who love the rule of law and the constitution and understand that the oath we took and that's to go out and fight for these things and give the American people the opportunity to stand with us shoulder to shoulder as we go and fight these issues across America and different counties and different states and on a national level. And I think uh, it's gonna be very important because the sheriffs are your last line of defense for freedom and we recognize that and we want to do what we can to protect America and the freedoms, hence the name Protect America Now. I want to talk about that for a moment, the difference between in police leadership across the United States. For The, the reality is that there's 18,000 different police agencies in this country. 80% of them have less than 20 police officers or 20 sheriff's officers. So that's a, that's a, that's a huge number. Every single one of them as a police chief or a sheriff. So you've got a massive disparity in the cultures, a massive disparity in the training uh, across the country with four law enforcement leaders. And as an elected sheriff, you are, you are, you, you answer to the people. 
with a police chief's position, the answer to the mayor and council or whatever the the city government is at the, at the at that at, in that in that area. Let's talk about the difference between the two and why the sheriffs of this country can can be a little more forthcoming when it comes to their opinions, their leadership, and their styles. Yeah, you know, and I, this is no no knock on any police chiefs because I know a lot of great police chiefs out there. I know some crappy ones too. Um, but there are a lot of good police chiefs that, you know, they serve at the pleasure of the mayor and the city council. And so they can't, their, their mission is typically to, uh, uh, set forth by that city council, by that mayor. And uh, a lot, oftentimes politics plays a major role in that, which is odd because the political position is the, uh, is the position of sheriff because we run for office and we have to be elected. But at the same time, you mentioned it. The biggest thing is, is that we don't work for anybody. I don't work for the governor. I don't work for the president. I work for the people of my county and them alone. They are my boss. And uh, so I have the flexibility and the, and the ability to go out and speak on behalf of those people. I listen to their voice on the street and we as sheriffs have the ability to stand up for them. And, you know, the only way that they can come after us is to have the voters vote us out. And, you know, that has some strength to it. And most people don't realize, but your sheriff is the highest elected official in the county. And they are the highest law enforcement official in the county. There is a lot of power yet responsibility that comes with being the sheriff. And we as sheriffs, typically, we, we are very constitutionally minded. And um, we're going to hopefully stand up for what's right, no matter what, no matter what the cost, no matter how hard it is. And so I think the position of sheriff is something that most Americans should be very grateful that we have it. And you're looking, I'm, we're starting to see a lot of states across this country are trying to make a move to where they make it an appointed position like a chief of police as opposed to an elected official, because then they can control you a lot more than they can control the sheriffs now. Exactly, exactly. That is frightening to me. That's, that is a movement to control law enforcement and politicize it. We've seen... We've seen an incredible, I don't know if, if the word, it's not dumbing down because that's the, that's, that's the wrong characterization. Uh, I actually call it the pussification of police leadership. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, it, yeah. it, sounds, it sounds a little crude, but I think it's, it's, uh, it's, very, it's very descriptive. And, I, and, the reason, term. and the reason for that is because they are afraid for their jobs. And then again, there's others that are getting put in positions because of their political leanings. If they align with the sensibilities of, of the elected officials, then they get the job. And then they're being controlled by these, by these uh, city leaders. So, I mean, we're actually seeing uh, a a tug of war, if you will, that is taking place between elected sheriffs and police chiefs when it comes down to leadership styles and the ability to protect. What are your thoughts on that? No, you're absolutely right. You nailed it. I mean, there is a tug of war because a lot of the chiefs are uncomfortable with the way the sheriffs do the business. But look, I, I don't want to lose a job that pays, you know, my job doesn't pay near what people think it does. Um, but I don't think anybody wants to lose a chief job that pays $150,000 a year 
or maybe even more. Uh, you know, so a lot of there's a self-preservation. They're going to do what they can to keep their job. But at the same time, you know, I, I put my myself out there because if I don't have this job, if the people opt to not elect me again, uh, then I'll go out and do something else. I mean, and yeah, I would still love to do this job. But in the end, I'm comfortable with who I am and I'm confident that I could go out and make a living outside of that, which gives me the flexibility, gives me the, the, the courage to stand up for what is right. But I was raised in a day and age, and this, I talk about things like this in my book, I was raised in a day and age where you did what was right no matter the cost, no matter how hard it was. And we've lost sight of that here in America. There's a lot of people that want to take the easy route and I oftentimes I, I think our chiefs are put in some very difficult positions and have to make some difficult decisions. And some I agree with some I don't, but you know, they're the ones that are responsible for their agencies. And I try not to armchair quarterback other chiefs, but you're going to see this more and more across America as we see uh, groups of people that want to deteriorate and undermine the rule of law in this country. I think it's one of the most frightening things that I've seen taking place around America, the, the, the controlling aspects of police leadership when it comes down, and, and city leadership, when it comes down to officers protecting themselves. Let's look at Portland, for instance, in Seattle, where the rule of law has basically been tossed aside. And who is standing in the middle like tethered goats? It's the blind officers. It's the officers who are literally standing the line and they are not being given the tools that they need. They're not being given the backups. In fact, look at Illinois with what just passed. That is literally they, they, the city, excuse me, the state government in a, in an a, a 11th hour move just before the session ended passed a 900 page bill that basically guts all of the protections and the entire criminal justice system in the state of Illinois. And you're not hearing it anywhere. All, and and, and, and the, the Sheriff's Association, the Police Chiefs Association, all of the law enforcement groups tried to stop this debacle from happening. And the liberal government leaders there passed it anyway. And that governor who is, as far as I'm concerned, should be impeached, just signed the bill into law just two days ago. How do we combat this, Sheriff? You got to, you just got to fight against it. That's why I did Protect America Now, because we've got to stand with these folks out there. It can't just be the people in, in Illinois. You know, we've got to bring that movement from across this country. Law enforcement officials from all over saying, no, this isn't right. We hear the voice of the people. This isn't what they want. And uh, it's not going to be beneficial to your community. And hopefully people will go check out my play, uh, my uh, group, my organization, protectamericanow.com. Uh, the only way you can do that is you've got to have a little bit of money that comes with you. So you can swing a big hammer when you go in there. Politicians want to get reelected. And if you can affect their ability to get reelected, um, you know, they're going to they're going to toe the line a little bit more. They're a very emboldened right now, which is why you're, our federal government, our, our president, our vice president, there's a lot of people that are fueling these fires and they feel very emboldened in, in taking down law enforcement or at least 
seriously handcuffing us in what we do uh, on a daily basis because of the actions of a few bad actors. It is unfair to impugn an entire career, an entire industry or profession uh, for the actions of a few bad people. We don't do that on, in our work. And it's unfair that it's done to us because those good men and women, they don't make a lot of money, but they still go put that badge on. They do that job every day. And I'm grateful for them. So I'm willing to do what I can to stand up and fight against it. Um, you know, some people may say, well, that's not going to work. Well, you know what? I'm not going to go down without swinging. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I want to talk about something, a scourge, if you will, that has been plaguing our country uh, within the last few years. And that is the money put forth to elect district attorneys and prosecutors who are literally Trojan horses in the law enforcement world who are trying to take down the entire criminal justice system. You've got you've got one in in Arizona that I know of. You may have more. And we're seeing this across the country. Los Angeles is is the, the, the latest to fall victim to an activist district attorney whose literal goal is to erode the criminal justice system for their own political agendas. How as a as a sheriff and, and as someone who is putting forth a movement to protect Americans. How do you see combating what has become uh, almost a, a, a movement in and of itself being funded by very, very wealthy individuals like George Soros? I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people will say, well, are they running? You know, are, do you have somebody that they're trying to run against you? And, it, I, and I'll tell people, what they've done is they've circumvented the sheriffs in many cases, and they are actually running for, like you said, those district attorney, county attorney offices, because we can go out and arrest the people. But if you have a county attorney that has a revolving door on the back end, it becomes futile. You know, it becomes very disheartening for us on the streets to go out and continue to to try to to uh, eliminate crime in our neighborhoods when you have district attorneys and county attorneys that are releasing them. I'm fortunate and blessed to have an amazing county attorney who understands the rule of law, but is also very empathetic and very thinks outside the box like I do. And so we've been able to accomplish some really great things here in Pinal County and reduce crime. And uh, I would hope that we can, we want to bring attention through this through, I can only control what I can control. So I'm going to take this protect America now, and we're going to hopefully go across the country to these areas where they are trying to elect a, a district attorney or a county attorney that's not good for that rule of law in that area. And hopefully we can keep that from happening. But you are absolutely right. Americans should be very alarmed and concerned as to how they are backdooring the rule of law and the judicial and the uh, law enforcement in this country. Whatever happened to self-accountability? You know, all I hear, uh, all you hear in the media is hold the police accountable. Got to hold the police accountable. The police are more accountable than any other group of human beings on the face of the planet. They're accountable to their supervisors. They're accountable to their administrations. They're accountable to the county prosecutor. They're accountable to the federal prosecutor. There, there is so much accountability when it comes down to law enforcement. What about accountability for the district attorneys? What about accountability for the police leadership when it comes down to 
their support of their officers, and more, most importantly, whatever happened to being accountable for your own actions as a citizen? Oh, amen. I mean, I talk about this all the time. But, you know, it's it's like in your household. You know, I have five kids. If my wife and I uh, didn't hold anybody accountable ever, if we if the rules applied sometimes but didn't apply in other times or we told our kids not to do things, but then we went out and did those things. Uh, what type of children do you think you'd have? Uh, what we've done in this country is the media is going out. There's no responsibility for them for producing untruthful uh, media and putting out fake media, fake news, uh, having an agenda and a bias towards a certain side. There is no accountability for our elected officials to run amok. And how do we now expect the people to be, to hold themselves accountable? And they're not, nobody wants to take any personal responsibility. Like, Hey, if I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have found myself in this position. And, uh, we, that has become a thing. If you try to address personal accountability, you're a racist or you're, you're a this or that, you know, they've got a, a name for everything in the book to call you. If you want to hold somebody person you know, accountable, tell them, Hey, you could have avoided this if you would have just behaved better or you would have exactly. not, or if personal. you would have just complied personal responsibility. It's a lost thing here in America. I talk about that in my book too, personal responsibility, which by the way, you can get that book on Amazon or on americansheriff.com as a shameless plug. Oh, it's good. My <laughs> wife has her book. My wife has her book, the uh, sheriff's wife too. You can get that on americansheriff.com as well. Before we're running out of time, but before we, we go, one of the things that I want to bring up is look at all look at all the the effort and time and energy that it, that you're spending and you're forced to spend on trying to right the wrongs of America. Can you imagine if if you could just be the sheriff? Oh. And, and and just be the law the lawman in in Pinal County where you could just concentrate on that the energy that is that is now being required of law enforcement professionals who give a damn is now is now becoming a drain on you personally and professionally how did, how does that how do you balance that it's tough. I mean, this job will take the best you have, not just this job, this profession takes the best you have. Uh, and you don't ever, you're never the same after that. You know, we're going through a law enforcement career. We see things that most human beings should never have to see. And then we have to see those on a daily basis. And then, you know, you take it to another level and become a leadership uh, role has a, has its, you know, challenges. Uh, then you become an elected official. I'll tell you, my nerves are shot. Uh, it is not easy. And you're right. I would love to just be able to focus on just being the sheriff here. And, the, and, and I do that. I still do 50 to 60 hours a week just for the sheriffing. Then above and beyond that, I'm doing things like Protect America Now. And I'm going out and meeting people at book signings. Why? Because I want people to view law enforcement in a positive manner. I want them to see that we care, that we are empathetic. And I want the men and women who put on this badge every day to know that there's somebody out there fighting every day for them. When they're still out there working, I'm still out there fighting for them. And uh, it, it is exhausting. I was up at this morning at three o'clock to do a Fox interview 
uh, went to bed at midnight, was up at three to do a Fox interview and I'll go all day long. I've got, I'll probably be home tonight at nine o'clock. Um, that's how every day is for me, but you know what? Uh, somebody has to do it. I heard Ted Cruz one time, somebody says, Hey, do you regret missing all these things and this and that? And he said something that's just stuck with me. He says, you know what? Somebody has to do it. Our founding fathers understood that concept and principle. I understand it. Somebody has to do it. If I have to work every hour of the day, minus a couple to just get a little bit of rest, I'm going to do it because I love this country. And I love this profession. And I think the men and women who put this badge on deserve it. You know, Sheriff, I, you're a breath of fresh air. I, I really, I, I hope that, uh, that you not only continue the, your, your leadership role in Pinal County, but also, you know, you take a bigger role in, in the national scene here with your Protect America Now. So once again, protectamericanow.com. People yep. can get information there and they can get your book, American Sheriff, on Amazon. And your website is? americansheriff.com. americansheriff.com. I urge and then you to follow me on uh, Instagram at American Sheriff and on Facebook at Sheriff Lamb. I kind of bagged on Twitter after I saw what they did to President Trump <laughs> uh, and other patriots. So uh, though I still have an account, I don't post on it hardly ever. I did share a message about Protect America Now today, but yeah. That's, I, I get it. I get it. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to be on the on the show today. And, um, and I, I wish you nothing but luck. And I know that you and I are going to be working on some stuff together and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to change a lot of lives. I love it. Let's do it. Thank you for having me. God bless. And thank you to all your listeners out there for supporting us in law enforcement. Uh, and please go check us out. Let's stand together on this whole thing. Amen to that. I want to tell you about an organization that I'm going to ask you to support. It's called the Wounded Blue, and you can see it at thewoundedblue.org. They are the national assistance and support organization for injured and disabled law enforcement officers. Now, by uh, I have to tell you the truth, and that is that I am the founder of that organization and the national director. What do they do? They provide peer support for injured and disabled officers all over the United States. They have a team of dedicated police officers all who have been shot or stabbed or beaten or run over or faced psychological trauma, and they know exactly what these men and women are going through today. It's free, of course, because this is a national nonprofit charitable organization. They don't take any fees. Nobody makes any money on this deal. This is just about helping those men and women who have sacrificed so much for their communities and their country. Check it out at thewoundedblue.org. Your support is is really needed. These men and women uh, have been abused in ways you can't even imagine. In fact, if you got a moment, go to Amazon.com and look at our documentary film called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. You will be shocked. Check it out, thewoundedblue.org, and support these men and women. Thank you. You've watched for decades as radical Marxists have systematically taken over some of our nation's most cherished institutions. Well, AmericaOutloud.com is fighting back with one of the fastest growing conservative media networks in the world, featuring some of the nation's most influential experts and commentators. 
Join us. We're in this together. And we consider you part of our family in our crusade to share the news, commentary, and agenda that can lead America back again. It is a fight for the soul of humanity. America Out Loud Talk Radio is the voice of liberty and justice for all. End of Watch with Randy Sutton. Okay, listen now. I've got a couple major announcements about some events that are coming up. You're going to want to listen carefully because the Brothers in Blue Bash, which was originally scheduled for last October, is now going to be this coming October. The Brothers in Blue Bash, it is the largest celebration of law enforcement, unity, and pride in America. It is going to be an incredible event, and it is a fundraising event for the Wounded Blue. There's going to be a party going on, but it's also going to have a lot of meaning to it. It's going to be in Las Vegas at the Ahern Hotel, a amazing boutique hotel that is going to blow you away. you got to go to the Facebook page, The Brothers in Blue Bash, and get your tickets. The tickets are very inexpensive, less than 100 bucks, And there are rooms available at the hotel if you want to get at that for there, that's a hundred bucks a night. You can't beat it. It's a cool hotel, and the Brothers in Blue Bash is going to be an amazing celebration. It's also gonna gonna raise money for the Wounded Blue. So go to the Brothers in Blue Bash on Facebook, or contact us at the Wounded Blue. Uh, their page is uh, the Wounded Blue page on Facebook or our website. That is www.thewoundedblue.org and go to the contact page if you want to sign up that way. So, mark it on your calendar, October 30th, Brothers of Blue Bash, Las Vegas, Nevada, be there. This is Oris from oldguytalkstome.com here to talk to you about something most men don't want to talk about, erectile dysfunction. It robs you of your emotional and physical intimacy. And when you do talk about it, when you go see your doctor, well, you find out that those treatments that you hear about are cost prohibitive, costing thousands of dollars. But I'm here to tell you that there is now a new option, something that you can use in the privacy of your own home at a fraction of the cost that puts out the same acoustic wave signal as those expensive in-office devices do. Find out what one happy user has to say about it. Hey, everybody, I want to talk to you real quick about something that not a lot of us like to talk about. Uh, ED or erectile dysfunction. Um, I'm 62 years old. I've had a version of it for the last 13 years at least and tried all the regular stuff. Uh, Viagra, Cialis. Worked fine in the beginning but uh, lately it's not been working so well. And then I come across this thing called the Phoenix. This machine is amazing. Already seen massive results. Uh, it's going to make you like you're 20 years old again. Give it a shot. What do you do now? Go to www.oldguytalks.com backslash wounded talks with an S and get that information in order now. Be sure to use the promo code wounded50, all caps on the wounded, and get an additional $50 off. Remember, with every purchase, a donation will be made to the wounded blue. Don't wait, don't hesitate, don't procrastinate. Do it now! 
Each week here on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, we pay our respects to the men and women of the law enforcement profession who've made the ultimate sacrifice and given their lives in the line of duty. I wish I didn't have any names to read for this portion of the program, but unfortunately I do. The first is Deputy Sheriff Michael Magley of the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office in Florida. Deputy Sheriff Michael Magley was struck and killed by a drunk driver who fled at a high rate of speed after a sheriff's sergeant attempted to stop him. Deputies and rescue personnel had responded to reports of a subject passed out behind the wheel of a vehicle, and the man was unresponsive, so paramedics broke the vehicle's window. The man suddenly awoke and accelerated at a high rate of speed. When the sergeant attempted to stop him, the man fled again, driving recklessly, crossing over the median into oncoming traffic. Deputy Magley was preparing to deploy spike strips when the driver lost control, overturned, and struck him. He was pinned beneath his patrol car and succumbed to his injuries. The driver, who had 16 felony convictions and was out on parole, was arrested in connection with the incident. He is survived by his wife, two young children, and parents. Deputy Sheriff Michael Magley, Pinellas County Sheriff's Office in Florida, end of watch, Wednesday, February 17th. 2021. Sergeant Richard Paul Brown, Fresno Police Department, California. Sergeant Paul Brown died from complications as the result of contracting COVID-19 while on duty. Sergeant Brown had served with the Fresno Police Department for 28 years. He was assigned to the Central District. He survived by his wife and three children. Sergeant Richard Paul Brown, Fresno Police Department, California. End of watch Wednesday, February 17, 2021. The next is police officer Horatio Dominguez of the Misa, I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly, Mikosuki Tribal Police, Tribal Police. Police officer Horatio Dominguez was killed in a vehicle crash on I-75 near mile marker 51 in Collier County at about 1.20 a.m. One of the rear Tires of his patrol vehicle blew out, causing his vehicle to go out of control and overturn several times. Officer Dominguez was a U.S. Marine Corps and Army National Guard veteran. He is survived by his wife and young daughter. Police Officer Horatio Dominguez, Mikosuke Tribal Police Department, end of watch, Sunday, February 21st, 2021. Next is Lieutenant Eugene Lasco, Indiana Department of Corrections. Lieutenant Eugene Lasco was stabbed to death by an inmate at the Indiana State Prison in Michigan City. The prisoner was being escorted through a common area when he began to assault another corrections officer. When Lieutenant Lasco came to the officer's assistance, the inmate stabbed him as well before being subdued by other officers. Lieutenant Lasco and the other wounded officer were transported to Franciscan Health, Michigan City, where the lieutenant succumbed to his wounds. The inmate who was serving a sentence for three murders in Marion County was charged with murder again. Lieutenant Lasco was survived by his wife, children, and grandchildren. Lieutenant Eugene Lasco, Indiana Department of Corrections, Indiana, end of watch Sunday, February 21st, 2021. And the next is Natural Resources Officer Jason Lagore, Ohio Department of Natural Resources, Division of State Parks and Watercraft. Jason Lagore died after suffering a medical emergency while conducting a search 
for a juvenile who had fallen through the ice at Rocky Fork Lake at Rocky Fork State Park. Two juveniles had fallen through the ice, but one was able to get to shore. Officer Lagore and other first responders were searching for the other juvenile when he suffered a medical emergency. He was transported to the Highland District Hospital where he was pronounced dead. A second juvenile was recovered from the water a short time later and also pronounced dead. Officer Lagorde served with the Ohio Department of Natural Resources for 15 years. He is survived by his wife and two young sons. Natural Resources Officer Jason Lagore, Ohio Department of Natural Resources, end of watch, Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021. Each of these officers gave their lives serving their communities. May they rest in peace. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement here on the America Out Loud Network. I want to thank you for taking the time to spend your time with me and hear about all things that are affecting the American law enforcement officer. Once again, I'm going to remind you to support thewoundedblue.org. I love some hot coffee. Go to lawdogcoffee.com and uh the Brothers in Blue Bash. Those are the, those are the uh, things I would love for you to take a look at and support and come to and join in because the men and women of American law enforcement need your support. Check it all out. Thanks again for taking the time to spend it with me here on America Out Loud on Blue Lives Radio. We'll see you again soon. Well, or you can hear me again soon. What does being a patriotic American and shopping have in common. You're scratching your head, right? Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you about a new platform to do your shopping, a platform that supports Americans who support their own country. And we've been living in a time when trust and appreciation of law enforcement is pretty much at an all-time low. Now, never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called shoptotheright.com. And it's a new shopping platform that will help you Find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together. We need to shop together and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. ShopToTheRight.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement and veterans.